the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey there, everybody. You have found us once again. It's the Mess It Up Podcast, and I am here, your lovely host, the Bowtie Guy, uh, enjoying another show with you. And I have my friend Andrew this week. Uh, Andrew's been on several times before, but he's back. I am back. Yes. Like the Terminator. Oh. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Everything just got to a whole different level. Um, if you want to join in on the show, you're definitely more than welcome to uh, share this show uh, on your social media like we do. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on MySpace. We have a, a Reddit uh, subreddit called Messed Up Ministry. or Yeah, Messed Up Ministries. So check those things out and share with uh, the people. The only way people, new people will hear the show is if we get new people to hear the show. So that's a great way to do it is by sharing it on social media. You can also go and give us a rating or a review on your favorite podcast catcher, uh, whether that be um, uh, Acast or uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. We try to be on all those different ones. So uh, you can help out the show by giving us a rating, giving us a review and letting people know that you heard the show. You can also contact me at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com if you want to. Get a hold of intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com and you can give him your ideas for song of the week or for word of the week. Our word of the week is uh, brought to us by last week's guest host, uh, Giselle. She kept on saying epiphany, so I'm like, that's going to be next week's word of the week. So this week, uh, our word of the week uh, is epiphany. And an epiphany is like when you when you come to understand something, and I apologize again, I've got my, my cameras going on and telling me that things are happening outside. Um, but the epiphany is, it says, the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. Um, but we also just look at it as just when you come to an understanding uh, of something, you have an epiphany and something all of a sudden dawns on you or occurs to you, um, that is uh, the uh, the epiphany that we're talking about. So if you have any epiphanies, go ahead and share them with us on social media, and uh, we love to see those kind of things. I just had an epiphany. Did you? Yeah, I didn't know epiphany was sort of biblical. Yes, That's yes. Cool. Epiphany was was an event. That was when Christ came back and revealed himself to uh, the uh, the people. So yeah, yeah. We um, in uh, Orthodox. Uh, church, they will celebrate Epiphany. And Catholic Church, you know, more liturgical, high church kind of stuff, they will celebrate uh, Epiphany as well. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty fantastic. So there's your word of the week for the week. Uh, and this week we are going to get back on our walk through the steps. Uh, last week was step six, so guess what this week is? Um, six plus one is seven? Math. Yes. Andrew is an engineer uh, and he did the math. Yeah. Step number seven. So step number seven for us in Celebrate Recovery says we humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings. Last week we talked about those um, character defects and, and being ready to have them removed. Now we're coming to that part where we ask him to remove it. But I love that word humbly. And humbly to me indicates all that work that we did in step six where we became ready. And Humility, you know, I say in my lesson, uh, and I stole this from John Baker, but humility is like underwear. It's something that if you're showing it, you're not doing it right. Uh, it's great to have, but you don't want it to be showing off. And 
humility is such a huge part of recovery for me. And it, without humility, my recovery doesn't work because I get into my own way. I'm so headstrong. I'm so prideful. I'm so much of a control freak. Humility, everything boils down to me to pride and humility in almost every step. But this one, it blatantly says, we humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Uh, how does that word play in for you? Does it, did it carry any different meaning by throwing that word humble in there? I think well, I like to think of myself as a little more humble than 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 the average person, but because uh, I absolutely hate saying like I'm the best at this and, <laughs> and the, that kind of stuff. So it wasn't exactly like thrown off to me. I never really thought of it that way, just because that's how I try to think mm-hmm. and try to do things myself. Um, I, I think what really stood out to me more was the shortcomings. Mm. What are my shortcomings? What were they? And sort of. What things was I doing? I think it's wrong, right? So that means you didn't, you fell short. That means you didn't actually get to where you're supposed to go. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, the change of language from step six to step seven. It says, change these defects of character. And then humble seven is these shortcomings. And so we see, all right, it's a defect of character, but we also acknowledge it's a shortcoming. It's it's not making the mark. It's It's... It's falling shorter than you need to go. If you're jumping across a span and you fall short, you fall. You don't make it. You don't tumble on. It's mm-hmm. it's not an overdoing. It's underdone turkey. Uh, so you know, <laughs> yeah, these are things that yeah that we need to we need to get rid of our spiritual salmonella and and take care of these things. Uh, what what was your experience working through your steps the first time? coming into this shortcoming part trying to remember and because back when i was working my steps that was was when my wife was pregnant and then like halfway through my son was born she stopped being pregnant she stopped being pregnant (laughs) and and then i was you know it was hard to continue working with the group that i was in Uh uh-huh so my i worked with my sponsor through the rest of it and i I need to think about that a little bit more on sort of what happened and where, but I, I do remember the, the main thing for me in step seven was, was just that piece again of, you know, well, what did I do wrong? Right. And it kind of ties back into way back to step four and step five of sort of looking at, you know, what was my past? What things did I do? And in those things, where did I fall short? Mm-hmm. And and sort of digging in. And this all just builds together and it continues to build and build and build. And each time you go through the steps, I'm, I guarantee that you're going to see that there's new things each right. time. Right. And not necessarily new things that have happened since last time, but new epiphanies, yeah. new awarenesses, oh, new observations. Yeah. Um, and if, for me, that whole... The humble and the shortcoming go together because of my pride. I didn't want to think that I had shortcomings, that there was stuff that I couldn't do or that I had done poorly. And it was obvious by the time I started working my steps that I had made mistakes because I had thrown away my career and so many things through my addictions and the legal troubles that it got me into that there was no denying that there were shortcomings. There were no denying that there were character defects. But the pride of it still, it didn't want to have to say that. Now, 
I've always said, and if you've listened to me long enough, you hear me say that I, it was a blessing that I had to go through a legal process and that I was a minor celebrity in our small town because they put all my stuff out there. So I didn't have the luxury of pride when I got home. People knew what I had done. So I wasn't, you know, my, my fifth step was almost done before me because the newspaper took care of sharing it with God, myself, and a lot of people, not necessarily that I trusted, but just everybody, you know, the story was out there. So that was a blessing to me, even though I hated it, in that it didn't give me the, it, it didn't allow me an opportunity to fudge and to minimize, which would have been my natural tendency to say, well, no, I, you know, kind of rationalize these shortcomings, rationalize my uh, character defects and say, well, this is why I did this. And there was a good reason that I had, and really there's no good reason for it. And, and the reasons don't matter. The reasons don't change the fact that's what it is. You know, uh, growing up in the seventies, uh, Evil Knievel was huge. You know, we all had Evil Knievel lunch pails and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you watch him try to make a jump over a certain number of cars or buses. Or I remember when he tried to jump over the Snake River Canyon. And so many times he fell short. <laughs> you know, he crashed into those buses or those cars or the side of the canyon. And it was bad for him. You know, lots of broken bones and injuries because of these shortcomings but still he went out there and like no i'm i'm the best and i can do this um i i need to have that that humility to be able to say look i can't this is a problem and i've got to to fix it and if i fix it well i i miss those buses i miss those cars i miss the side of that wall and i land on the other side of the canyon safe and sound so it makes sense to do it's just for me to get past my pride to do that can still at times be problematic for me. It's not something that I naturally fall into or want to do. Um, so when you did this for the first time, uh, was it, were those shortcomings, those character defects that you had to um, remove did they feel obvious to you or were they eye-opening and like, oh, I didn't see that one coming? I think for, for me, when I first went through this, I ended up choosing to work on one of my most blatantly obvious issues, which was I'm a yes man. Mm. I'm, I'm codependent in that way where I'm prideful, right? If someone asked me to do something, like, well, they asked me to do it, oh. not Paul to do it, or not. Interesting. You know, and and because of that, I'm like, well, they went to me for a reason. And at the same time, though, because like, I realized that coming back into into church, because my wife and I got married, and we we're like, okay, things are gonna be all all right again, <laughs> and we could go to church, be active, and we won't be judged or anything. And anything and everything that sort of, any opportunity that came up, and in this case it was in, in terms of music, like you know, I was playing at CR on Fridays, and then I joined the Sunday worship team, and then the Lighthouse people were like, hey, do you want to pray at, uh, play at our prayer house and do all that? And I just kept saying yes and yes and yes to all those things, because I was thinking, well, well that's the Lord saying that I needed to go do these things, mm. right? So I went ahead and just kept saying yes, and and that was what I worked on. And in going sort of through the steps and realizing my shortcomings was, 
at least in this particular case, um, I realized that I kept, you know, this is admitting that you did something wrong, right? This mm -hmm. is this is going back to that denial kind of piece, step one. Yeah. But it's sort of revisiting the, it again, right? And and asking, it's revisiting everything up to this point and sort of saying like, hey, Lord, like I realized that I messed up here. These are the things that I did wrong. And can you help me do better and be better next time, right? And that's right. really what it's all about. And a funny thing though is like I mentioned all these things and I just I'm all about beating myself up because I'm so <laughs> sure. proudful I don't know why but yeah. like once I realized I messed up I'm like man I suck and uh, and that's what I sort of went through with this step was like okay I'm a piece of trash fix me please <laughs> and it was, like I didn't feel good in a way just because because of all that but I'm glad that my sponsor was like hey Andrew no stop time out like yeah. you need to remember the positive things like you said yes because of these things yeah and yeah there's aspects to it that you fall short but if you look back at it you know and i think that that bible verse right humbly ask the lord to um why am i forgetting the rest of it but basically you know we were to ask the lord and, and basically um tell him hey like these are my shortcomings these are the things that i messed up in and then he will help bridge the gap right you know and he will help come to light hey these are the things that are most important and i think for me and really what sort of bridged that gap was my son being born mm. you know like he was born and i couldn't keep saying yes to all these things right I had to say yes to him and to my wife. I couldn't, I had, had to say no to those other things. Right. And that's, you know, in a way asking the Lord kind of inadvertently, you know, he came with that answer and that was my son. And is that still a work in progress? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it never is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and the verse uh, that goes with this, uh, in Celebrate Recovery, we have a verse that goes with all of our steps. This one uh for step seven happens to be first John one nine that says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Uh, so coming to him and knowing that he is the source of that uh, healing is really, really important uh, to do. Uh, another thing that's really, really important to do is to recognize the clock and know that it is time for our song of the week. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, put a, a pin in our conversation for right now and i'm going to give us 90 seconds of a song since it is christmasy time here we're in december um i want to give us a little bit of christmas music uh so the song this week is by zach williams and it's called the call of christmas so we're going to give you about 90 seconds of that and we'll be back on the other side to let you know what we think and talk a little bit more about step seven so we'll see you in 90 seconds
you go. If you know me, you know that I'm a sucker for Zach Williams. So there you go. Zach Williams, Christmas, the call of Christmas. Uh, Andrew, what did you get out of this? Tell me, tell me your thoughts. So it, it kind of ties into the title as well as um, that chorus where it talks about, you hear the call of Christmas, all you lost and left behind, the lowly and those longing with an emptiness inside. But that, that bit at the end, you know, hear, hear the call of Christmas, the Savior waits for you. So it's that idea that um, we, that whole story of the prodigal son, right? Mm -hmm. Where everybody's been that prodigal son at one time or on another or many times um, in their life. Three times or another, (laughs) 70 times. (laughs) And, you know, that whole idea of the call of Christmas, meaning that when Jesus was born, that, you know, he is there for us since then mm-hmm. and and you know he's just waiting for us to say hey you know to come humbly before him again and say yeah. hey i messed up yeah and please help me and he will fill the rest right yeah it's funny before we we did this when we go to the break um we'll listen to the song and i usually talk to the guests and find out what they're going to say to make sure we don't step on each other and so Andrew said, should we go over this? And I said, well, you know, I'm just going to talk about something general. And Andrew said, well, I'm going to talk about something general. And so we're talking about the same general thing. <laughs> but, you know, for me, I, I remember going through my steps at, the first time. And when it says that uh, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity in step, in step two, I said, you know, that indicates that sanity was there before. And this call... It's out there. That indicates to me that it's just there waiting for me to take action on it. God's not going to force it on me. Jesus doesn't force me to do my 12 steps. He doesn't force me to work my steps every day. It's up to me to do that and to be disciplined enough to read my Bible, to pray, to meditate, to spend time with people of a like mind and to do those things. And that's what the call of, of Christmas is. It's so easy to get into the toys and all that stuff. And we just watched, um, well, as we're recording this, we just watched Miracle on 34th Street last week. As you're listening to it, it was a couple weeks ago, but we commented and, and Giselle said, you know, that it's not a new idea. And this was recording, that movie was made in the 40s and it wasn't a new idea of materialism and commercialism soaking into Christmas. And we feel like that's a new thing. That's like, oh, when I was a kid, it was all about Jesus. No, it's, people have been goofing and falling short for years and the call is out there we just it's up to it's up to me individually to respond to that and and i'm so glad that it's there and that i have that opportunity and that it echoes that i don't have to like wait for it i remember back in 1980 oh boy 1989 my birthday uh, my cousins took me to a hockey game and they put my name on the screen, uh, on the on the big you know scoreboard, and back then it was at the forum, and the scoreboard didn't have video. It had a little row of like lights that would light up, and the, it would just scroll by. And so my name scrolled by. Happy birthday, Paul Pippen! And I I just I couldn't watch the game because I had to watch <laughs> to see my name go by to see that it happened. And that's not what the call of Jesus is. I don't have to be just waiting for it to make sure I hear it that one time that he happens to be there. It's it's on loop and we've got infinite space on our DVR and we can go back and stream it whenever we we can answer that call. It's there. He's just 
it's not me waiting for him. It's him waiting for me. And, and he is infinitely patient. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Way to go, Zach Williams. Uh, good stuff yet again. <laughs> so, um, Andrew, this uh, step seven. Um, what would you, if, if you were going through and you had a, uh, a sponsee right now and you've, you've gone through and you did your fifth step and they shared with you, and you talked about the shortcomings. How would you get a person to come into this step seven, which is the second half of the 12 steps? What would you point out to a person going through their steps for the first time on this seventh step? That's a great question. <laughs> well, you know, I try to think, I like to think that all of my questions are outstanding, but I appreciate the fact that you have acknowledged that this one happens to be great. <laughs> I guess if I had anything to say, it's to remember every step you've done up to this point. You know, don't don't take it for face value what step step seven is. Mm -hmm. You know, this whole process, it's it's not stepping stones where they're all the same level. It's mm -hmm. it's a ladder. It's it's you're it's on an incline. So the first step is necessary to to reach the next level of the second right, and right. so on. So looking back at the previous steps and keeping in mind what you've done through those steps and what you've talked through in those steps will help make you in this second half be successful to completion, right? Because steps one through six are the foundational area before you get to seven. And mm -hmm. without those, seven won't make sense. So that's probably what I would say is that we need to look at everything because it, it built up, right? I talked about how my, I would look at my inventory or we'd look at, you know, the character defects that we discussed before in the previous steps. And that's sort of, this is the step of you going and acknowledging those things. And you don't necessarily need to know what you're going to change if, especially if it's something like codependency, like for me saying yes all the time, because it's not that I need to say no all the time. That's not sobriety. Right, right, right. right. I don't say no to everything. It's I need to know when it's appropriate to say yes, you know, and when it's okay to say no. And that it's okay. Yeah. To say no. Yeah. Yeah. And seven, seven is an important step because obviously seven, eight, nine. So we've got to have that. <laughs> but I think about steps as we go further along in the steps. And I'm reminded of going on a hike in Zion National Park a couple, well, that's been a little over a year ago now with my daughter and son-in-law and, and their family. And we hiked all day long. We, we saw the sun come up when we were leaving the parking lot. And when we were getting back, the sun had set. And it was an all-day hike. And we went down into a canyon. And we had to come back up out of the canyon to the, to the parking lot. <clears throat> and at the end of the hike, we were going up a series of steps. And I was like, oh, great. It's just steps. I can climb steps. And they became more and more difficult. And... It became more and more of a struggle as my energy had been depleted in the rest of the hike, which was amazing. I was just out of energy. And I can remember coming to steps that were tall steps. They were above my knee. And I remember just folding at the hip and laying on the step and rolling onto it and then getting up and doing that with the next one and just thinking, I have to do this because otherwise I'm here. I'm stuck here until I leave. Going down is easier, but all that does is make it so I have to come back up this high. So my only real choice is to persevere 
and to go further. And I was so exhausted and so tired that I couldn't lift my foot up. And when I got to the top, I was like, yay, I made it. And I'm walking around. And it was just like, it just, you know, I had this burst of, of energy. But that's what the steps are like for me is it's, I have to keep going. If I stop here, I haven't done anything. I, I, I'm, I'm lost and someone has to come find me. And I haven't completed that task. And the other thing I remember about step seven is that God is going to remove these shortcomings. He's not going to cover over them. He's not going to patch it with a little bit of spackle and some paint. He's going to remove that shortcoming so it's not there. So I don't have to be crippled by that anymore. He's going to, and, and he's going to replace it with something good. You know, he's taking that away so that I can be successful. And if I'm the one doing it, it's not going to work because I'm going to use spackle and spit and God's going to just replace it with the miracle that he does. And so I have to allow him to do that and to know that I can let go of that and not cling to it because that's what can be so easy for me too, is to be like, let go cling, let go cling, let go cling. <laughs> and, and on that hike, I was doing that same thing where I'm like, hold on to something. I knew I had to go down into something. And it's just, you know, a matter of taking a breath and going and, and letting God do this. It, it's got to be a thing that we do. And like so many of these other steps, we've talked about our sponsors and what our sponsors have said to us. Listen, people, if you're trying to do this without a sponsor, your success rate is going to be tiny. Your fail rate is going to be huge because your sponsor is there to say, oh, wait, that's slippery. Oh, wait, don't go there. You can make it through this. I can encourage, and, and that's the power of the sponsors. They've been there before, so they know. You know, if I had if I had gone through this hike before, I would know, okay, there's going to be some miserable stuff coming, but at the end, it's going to be worth it. But since I hadn't, I just, all I knew was like, okay, well, I have to just see what's going on. But people with me had gone through it, and they're like, you can do this, Paul. I know it's going to be cold when you jump in that water, but but you can make it through to the other side, and you're going to be okay. And now I can tell someone, look, that water, it's cold, brother. But when you get out, you're going to warm up. And then when we get through here and go around the corner, there's sunshine and it's going to be beautiful and you're going to be okay because I've done it before. So you, you really, really is critical. The further you get into these steps to make sure you've got a sponsor in place. Um, the other thing to, to keep in mind is as we're looking at, at shortcomings and failures, like Andrew said, it can be discouraging. You know, it can be like, oh, wow, what a, you know buffoon I've been and and am I worth it first of all yes you're worth it um, your sponsor is taking time out of their life because you're worth it and they they are acknowledging that but remember that this is we're getting rid of the good or the bad to gain the good and so don't focus on what you're getting rid of that's not you anymore that's the past that's gone it, it, it's like you know going to the bathroom and not flushing we get rid of it. We flush it. And, and it's a new toilet. You know, it's it's clean and pretty and wonderful. Uh, and that's what we're looking for in our life here is to be able to flush that, not to cling to it, to get rid of it. You know, don't keep a, a souvenir of your mistakes. Don't keep a souvenir of your past. It's not a, a wonderful memento to bring out and revel in every year at Christmas. It's, it's, it's stuff that you want to get rid of. So get rid of it. And, and once it's gone, let it be gone. Don't, don't go back and, and revisit that past. So, 
All right. Any uh, any other parting shots or, or thoughts or comments about step seven before we let the people get about their Christmas shopping? No, I can't think of anything else. All right. Well, it is uh, middle of December here. Uh, so if you're going into Christmas and you don't have somewhere to be, I want to keep in mind that in Ridgecrest, we will be open for Celebrate Recovery. So if you're uh, needing a place on Christmas night, we'll be there at five o'clock on Christmas to just share a little bit of fellowship and have a, a warm place where you can just breathe for a second if you need to get away from company or if you need to just find some company because this is your first Christmas alone. Uh, don't be alone. Uh, so if you're in Ridgecrest, join us at RCA Church. If you're not in Ridgecrest, you can call somebody. If you don't have anybody to call, try me at 760-608-1942 and I will get back to you with a text or a call as soon as I can. I don't want you to be struggling alone because... Uh, you're better than alone and you're worth not alone. So uh, keep that in mind and don't um, don't struggle alone. Uh, don't forget to uh, check us out on Patreon to uh, check out the book if you want to. It's available on Apple Books, on uh, your Kindle or on paperback through Amazon as well. It's called Still in Beta and uh, the author is Paul Pippen, P-I-P-P-E-N. It's like Scotty Pippen, but without the talent, without the money, without the... <laughs> notoriety without all that stuff but it's the same spelling uh so check that out uh we are listener supported so please support us on patreon if you want to keep the show on the air give us a rating and review it'd be a great little christmas present for us and uh, show someone some christmas cheer uh you know roll down your window if you're in your car just roll down your window and say merry christmas to the person at the next stoplight or sing them a little christmas song or something It'll be a lot of fun for you. It'll be a lot of fun for them. And give them a great story when they're uh, at Christmas time. Hey, some uh, stranger just sang to me. So there you go. Um, I guess I don't have anything else to say other than we'll see you next time we mess it up. And Andrew shakes his head. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.